So Becky, um, describe where we are. We are in the middle of fog, uh, but we're on the ferry. We left from Portland, Maine a little bit ago, and we are on our way to Yarmouth, Nova Scotia. So we're somewhere out in the ocean. Where are we going? We are going to St. Anne's, uh, which is a school in Church Point, Nova Scotia. Um, and we know of, about St. Anne's because it's got the French immersion program, French summer camp. And I would say that it's the best one in North America. Well, now, wait a minute, wait a minute. The people at Middlebury, the people at Concordia, they, may, they might take issue with that. You know what? I've never sent a kid there, so <laughs> I don't have any data. But when my kids come back from uh, St. Anne's, their language skills are phenomenally higher and I was say to Luc Tardif who usually comes and talks with our classes he says it's because they make learning fun and I agree with him that you learn language more rapidly and deeper when it's fun. So uh, we're gonna go check that out for America the Bilingual and, and see if all that you've heard about it is true. Yeah let's find out. <laughs> okay. Welcome everyone to America the Bilingual. I'm Steve Levine. And I'm Becky Bray Rankin. And Becky, this is our fifth episode on America's top summer immersion camps, which have included Middlebury, Concordia, Dartmouth Rassius Program, and Star Talk. And this one isn't exactly in the United States. But it is in North America, in Nova Scotia, Canada, to be exact. Okay, and it's your suggestion, which is a great one, to include St. Anne's in our list of top summer immersion programs, as you've known about the program for now how long? About 10 years. The two directors came to do recruitment in my classroom in Lexington. At Lexington High School, where you're a French teacher. Right. But this was your first visit, and you had some questions, right? I did. The students that I sent always had a wonderful time, and their French always improved, but I didn't know how that happened. I wondered if there were direct French classes or if just speaking the language in an immersion setting was the way to go. I had a question, too, about the kind of French being taught. A few years ago, I was in Paris speaking to a, a young woman at the concierge desk of our hotel. And when she was speaking about Canadians visiting Paris, then she sort of wrinkled up her nose and said, oh, they don't really speak French. It's uh, Quebecois or, or something. That sounds like something a Parisian would say. So when we got off the ferry from Portland, it was dark. The town of Yarmouth, Nova Scotia, was already closed up for the night. The four of us, Chet included, drove to the campus and you dropped me off. Yeah, the four of us being me, Lori, and Chet, and you. And while Lori, Chet, and I headed off to our tiny B&B, Becky, you were up early Monday morning, microphone in hand. What did you learn? When I spoke to novices, I learned that a lot of them were there to fulfill university requirements. Nous parler beaucoup. But for them, French was a priority for them. This was something that they anticipated learning in the future and using in the future. They were excited to have this immersion program. Some of them had come in with no language abilities, and they were already able to speak with me in French only. 
beaucoup français parce que... Telling me about the importance of their experience in St. Anne's. Then I was able to speak with some teachers that afternoon who had come to St. Anne's to improve their French and learn a little bit more about methodology. Oh, the le, profs ont vraiment fait le scénario. C'est amusant. And c'est, c'est what they loved amusant. is that they could talk with people from all over the globe in this program for several weeks and learn things that were applicable to their students at home, learn things that they could um, use for their own French benefit. Because and you told me, sorry, you told me they had some sort of journal that they kept. Yeah, they kept what they call a transfer journal, or that's the best word in English to use for it. They write down things that happen in real life because they're speaking French in the community and with the other people who are there. Anything that they learn in class that happens in real life, that authentic experience, they write it down in that journal. And boy, did they have a lot of information. And then the information session, that's when I caught up with you. Oui, pour la session d'information. I could tell everyone was having fun. What was going on? Every day, the entire campus gets together to learn about what's going to happen over the course of the day. So there was a lot of acting, a lot of fun, a lot of interaction. They sang some songs. There was some sort of skit about some romance between two of the teachers. So a lot of things to engage the students right off the bat in the morning in French. And after that session, we finally caught up with Luke at his office. He closed the door so no students would hear us. I think it would be, it will be weird for them if they hear me speak English, actually. They should be in class right now, though. Luc Tardif is the director of the Summer Immersion School at St. Anne's and also director of international recruitment for the university overall. I asked Luc to describe a bit more of the place. Yeah, we're in Church Point, Nova Scotia, which is, it's a village. It's a French village located in the municipality of Clare in southwest Nova Scotia. And we're at Université Saint-Anne, which is a, um, it's a French university. It's the only French language university in Nova Scotia. We're, we're actually one of the smallest universities in Canada. Since being dropped off the night before, I had spoken only French until this interview. So it's a fully French immersion program for which students have to sign a contract which says I will not speak any other language than French for five weeks. And if they slip up and speak English? If we catch them three times, yes. they have to leave. And it happens. Last summer, it was I think it was seven students. It doesn't sound like fun when I say that, but it, it is the reason why it works. And to be honest, a lot of those who leave want to come back. Even if they're mad at us, they want to come back. Luke, where his students come from? Well, it's mostly a Canadian population, English Canadians, actually. But we also have Americans. This year, out of 182 students, I think it's between 30 and 40 American students. It starts at age 16 and it goes to (laughs) whatever. Even as old as me, I ask? Older than you. (laughs) Yeah. I found that refreshing, Becky. 
But Luke confirmed that most of the students were high school and college age, except for the teachers. We also have a teachers program. So for French teachers anywhere on earth who would want to perfect their either their French or their teaching technique in French, we do have a few Americans in that program. We asked Luke how he first came to St. Anne's. I came here to work for five weeks, 19 years ago. I was living in Quebec City at the time. And I came here, and it's a village. And at that time, there was no leaves on the trees. It was very foggy, and there's no one around. I was like, where am I? So I always say that the first day I cried, but the last day I cried again because I didn't want to leave. I had the best five weeks of my life. And it happens to almost every single person that comes here. Isolation seems to be a common success factor for immersion programs. And Luke says St. Anne's isolation in a francophone town, together with a small student population, brings something very special. It's kind of funny because it's one of the smallest universities ever, but it's the place on earth where I met the most people. In Hong Kong, in London, in Paris, in Morocco, like in in Casablanca, I meet people from Satan all the time. It's kind of magical, I guess. And part of the magic is the productive struggle of having to do everything in French. You can't say, how do you say table in French? You have to learn it the way a baby would learn it. So you point at the table and you mime it and you... And you say, no, no, table, no, table. Eventually, you're going to say table. Yeah, so that's basically how it works. Luke told us the productive struggle really pays off. There was a girl from Toronto. She started at level beginner two. And at the end of the session, she ranked advanced one. That Yeah, that's sort of insane. (laughs) But she did speak all the time. She never, never shied away from speaking French. She never was afraid to make mistakes. And you can't correct silence, right? Luke told us beginners seem to make the most advancement. I remember a student from Taiwan a few years ago. The first night, I said, Je m'appelle Luke. Comment t'appelles-tu? I'm Luke. He asked, what's your name? And she, she almost started crying. And I was, no, 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 that's okay, that's okay. But she really went for the all-French experience. And uh, the last night of the immersion program, we talked all the time. And she didn't want to go back. She wanted to keep speaking French. Luke told us it's common that students will say they got more out of five weeks at St. Anne's than five years in classrooms. I don't think it's because we're better at teaching. We do have awesome teachers, but there are awesome teachers elsewhere. I think it's the model that works. It's the fact that you leave class, you go to the cafeteria, uh, so you still have to order it in French. Becky, we heard from Luke something we also heard at Middlebury Language Schools, that the students self-select. Any student who would rather go to school during the summer than having time off is likely to be interesting and interested. They're open to 
to new culture. They're open to learn more. And there's the financial advantage of St. Anne's. Luke says that college education in Canada tends to be less expensive than in the U.S. Plus, the current favorable exchange rates helps American students. Less than three thousand dollars. That's U.S. dollars. Which includes the food, the room, the activities, and the classes. So I think it's a very good price. And the five weeks here will give you six university credits in almost every single university in North America. Steve, I'm taking a class at BU this summer, and it's three thousand dollars for three credits. And they're not housing me and feeding me. What a great deal! Luke also said it's a benefit that the surrounding town of Church Point is so small because all the locals recognize the students and help them out with their French. Luke says that this definitely wouldn't happen in a big Canadian city like Quebec. Plus, all the teaching staff lives on campus with the students, and Luke says he encourages all the teachers to learn the names of each student, which is possible since it's such a small group. Our interview with Luke ran over, and we saw him look at his watch with a start. He said that he had to dash upstairs, where the president of St. Anne's was waiting to introduce him to a delegation from China. Of course, I asked if we could sit in the back of the room. We all ran upstairs, and Luke arrived in the nick of time. When President Alistair Surrett introduced Luke, I was amazed what we heard next. Ni man hao. Luke immediately won the Chinese over by greeting them in Chinese, what we call buds of bilingualism. So my name is Luke, and I'm director of the French Immersion School here. Who who speaks English here? Just you? That's and a little, yes. And then we have every Friday and Saturday night a theme party. For example, we have the toga night. We go to the chateau, which is the student club, and everyone will dance, but in French. So it's like like this. So, Becky, this is interesting. We're in the what, what must be the boardroom for uh, St. Anne's. The president is here, and Luke is here making presentations to 11 Chinese. And one Chinese uh, speaks English, so he's listening and then translating. We're hearing him speak Mandarin now because you've heard the presentation. Oh, yeah, I've heard the presentation in French many times. It's the first time I've heard Luke give it in English. And what's that like, hearing it in English? It's not as funny as in French. It's not as funny? Yeah, he's saying it pretty simply, so that the translation is easy, so he's using smaller chunks. Luke continued his pitch to the Chinese. And one of the advantages of our program is that we have employees from all around the world. We don't teach... uh, French from France, we don't teach our friends from Canada, we don't teach our friends from West Africa, we, te- we teach all of it. So we like to have a sort of international French. We want you to hear different accents from all around the world and to be able to express yourself everywhere on earth. 
That's a good selling point, I think, don't you? Mm -hmm. That's amazing, because the French spoken in the 60-plus countries that it's spoken is all a little bit different, just like English is different in Australia and Great Britain. And he hits the financial bargain argument for them. And the price for this is actually very, very good. There's a similar program in uh, Vermont, mm -hmm. and it's around $10,000 for the same, pro same type of thing. He's talking about Middlebury. It must be their arch rival. Probably. And here's his finale. With us, we're in a village. So you speak French all the time. You think in French. You point in French. You breathe in French. After the meeting with the Chinese, we were able to sit down with the president of St. Anne's University, Alistair Surratt. And we asked him why Americans should come to St. Anne's. I would say, I mean, a lot of it has to do with history, in my opinion. If you just look at the history of the Acadians and the way they were expelled from these lands and landed in many different areas in the United States. We've been recruiting, especially in Louisiana and the New England states. And why mostly in Louisiana and the New England states? I think that's where you would find a large amount of Acadians to start with. I mean, Acadian ancestry. And I think you would, you would be able to find a lot of them there that would have links to this area, but have lost, lost their French. Becky, it was a revelation for me to learn that our word Cajun comes from Acadian. Yes, and I met teachers at St. Anne's from Louisiana who are doing exactly what Alistair was saying, improving their French back where their own ancestors came from. And I think over time, they kind of find their interest again in their French language and in their, and in their ancestry. And what about American students who don't have an Acadian ancestry but just want to learn French? First thing, if, if you're fully immer immersed in a language, it's by far the best way to learn a language. So here, with this, the tight criteria that we do have, three strikes, you're out type thing, highly stressful when they come in here. President Surratt told us the formal education combined with fun is key. And he told us a story about one particular student. Probably the most striking example is a student that came here from Bangladesh, not knowing any French, did our summer immersion program, did the immersion program in the regular year. After one year, entered our pre-med program, all in French. So she'll be a doctor, a medical doctor in a little while. I mean, that's an example of an Anglophone student that studied in French, didn't lose anything, obviously, finished top of her class. Becky, I know you finally did get the founder of the school to sit down with you. What did you learn? Well, it has to do with Middlebury. As you and our listeners may know, Middlebury is the century-old immersion program we covered in episode 35. Jean says that he stole the idea for St. Anne's French immersion mm. program from Middlebury. Mm -hmm. he, he went there and loved it and thought, wow. I could take some of these teachers, take the great idea of an immersion program in the middle of nowhere, and capitalize on a different experience where fun is at the center of learning. And he did. Yeah, he actually stole some of the teachers, didn't he, in the early days? He did. And he stole one more idea, which is in practice right now. 
Although he's retired, he is still living on campus, just like the founder of the Middlebury program. He loves the program so much he wants to be in the middle of it. Well, I'm sure that's a benefit, but he, he didn't copy Middlebury exactly, though, did he? He did not. He has a different program schedule where there's classes in French in the morning, and in the afternoon there's workshops. So you can sign up for something like gardening or theater or learning a musical instrument. And then every night there's some sort of fun activity in French. And then on the weekend they have excursions and themed parties in their bar as well. But everything is fun and in French. Becky, as timing had it, we visited St. Anne's during the weekend of the annual Acadian Festival. We were so lucky. We saw woodsman competitions, singers, all kinds of food. And from a local school, a group of young step dancers. They were selling Mr. Freeze popsicles to raise money for their school. And you bought an interview. I did. Well, it only cost me uh, five or ten Mr. Freezes. I, of course, I had to give one to Chet. So have you ever danced for radio? Yeah, but we usually yeah, have, we have our shoes. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. not really fair because you're wearing <laughs> flip-flops yeah. and yeah, that's sneakers. Okay. But they're superstars. Yeah, okay. We can still dance. We're going to make yeah. it happen. Okay, Maybe I'm ready when you are. Okay. okay. What do you think, Jeff? Oh, that's so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? I asked the step dancers to tell us their names and the school. Je suis Martine Boudreau de l'école secondaire de Claire. Je suis Stephanie Comeau de l'école secondaire de Claire. Je suis Rachel Stewart de l'école secondaire de Claire. Je suis Erin Amiro de l'école secondaire de Claire. Je suis Rachel Jeanette de l'école secondaire de Claire. The girls introduced themselves in the name of their school, l'école secondaire Leclerc, which means Leclerc High School. Steve, I loved our visit to St. Anne's. It was like going back in time. Me too. The warm people, the small little village, the low prices for everything. Including the tuition at St. Anne's. So I know you were high on St. Anne's before our trip. What do you think now after visiting? Oh, even more so. Now when I tell my students and their parents about the opportunity, I have personal experience to add into my story. We asked our step dancers how they felt about being bilingual, which of course is the goal of everyone at St. Anne's. It's easier going around and you can talk to more people because not everyone speaks French, not everyone speaks English, so you can talk to more people. Well, I mean, like you said, jobs, like that's a huge, it goes a long way because, I mean, most of the jobs, there's people speaking French and English, so you're bilingual, so you can speak to them in whichever way they're more comfortable. The 
America the Bilingual podcast is part of the Lead with Languages campaign of ACTFL, the American Council on the Teaching of Foreign Languages. This episode was written by me, Steve Levine, and Becky Rankin, edited by Fernando Hernandez, who also does our sound design and mixing. Mim Harrison is our editorial and brand director for the America the Bilingual project. Graphic arts are created by Carlos Plaza Design Studio. Carolyn Dowdy is our social media maven. Music in this episode, Quasi-Motion by Kevin McLeod, was used with a Creative Commons attribution license. Our thanks to Epidemic Sound for helping us make beautiful music together. Support for the America the Bilingual Project comes from the Levenger Foundation. Visit americathebilingual.com to see photos of St. Anne's and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening. For America the Bilingual, this is Steve Levine.